Welcome back to episode number 163 of the Dust Safety Science Podcast. This is the podcast where we're building a global community around process safety and industries handling combustible dust. I'm your show host, Dr. Chris Cloney. In today's episode, we're talking about challenges using the rule of thumb method for explosion venting requirements. So as I said in last week's podcast episode, um, we're going through in 2022, some of the questions that we get through our dust safety help desk system. And going to be going through the podcast on those. The thought here is that if one person has this sort of question, then you know there's a good chance other people listening to the podcast, other people that are working in industries handling combustible dust have these questions as well. So let's go through some of the questions that came in and some of the answers that came in. Um, in particular, this one is on challenges using the rule of thumb method for explosion venting requirements. As I said in last week's episode, if you want to submit a question to our help desk system, right now you can just email me at chris at dustsafetyscience.com. You can go to dustsafetyshare.com and use the, the kind of widget there to send the question through. Or you can join the Dust Safety Academy. We have an area there specifically devoted to the help desk system as well. I'm sure in the future, if you just go to dustsafetyscience.com, we'll have a, a better way for you to ask the help desk questions. Um, if you need support with the work that you're doing, just go to dustsafetyprofessionals.com. We can connect you through to a service or equipment provider specializing in combustible dust. So this question came in from an engineer working with a, a dust collection company. Um, he received a question from the explosion design or explosion protection design engineer that's working on the installation of their system. The question was on a discrepancy between local code and the approach that that designer used, which was based on NFPA 68, the 2013 edition. So I'm not going to give a lot of the details on this so that we don't have the ability to track back the you know the original people involved. But the the main point is that there's a discrepancy between the local code, local fire code in this case and the venting requirements as per NFPA 68. So just to kind of highlight the local code document said that dust collectors shall be located outside the building and shall have explosion venting the outdoors of no less than 0.1 square meter, a vent area for each cubic meter of the dust collector enclosure volume. So use a sort of rule of thumb method for explosion venting size requirements. So then the question was, you know, the difference between this local requirement and what would be required through NFPA 68 for explosion venting. So to answer this question, we reach out to an explosion protection expert that does a lot of work in this local region to get their input. We're going to go through three challenges that they sort of talk through in their discussion in answering this help desk question. So challenge number one is local codes are always lagged behind the reference standards. Challenge number two is that the rule of thumb method for venting requirements is generally not that accurate. And challenge number three is that using an out-of-date version of the reference standard can cause challenges as well. So let's talk through this first challenge. Local codes always lag behind the reference standards. So this was just one of the notes that the, the SME, the subject matter expert, sent in is that if you have a local fire code or a local building code, it's always going to lag behind what it's using as its model or its reference code standards. Some codes will reference use the latest up-to-date version of the, the reference standard, and, and other ones you know, may not, depending on the sort of legal systems that are set up in place in those countries that have those sort of local codes. Um, but that's the first note is that the local code's always going to lag behind the reference standard. And what the SME encouraged the individual to do was to look through the whole code. In this case, the code wasn't very big, so that was good. And pretty quickly, you could see some clauses that would require the adoption of uh, better information for, for handling combustible dust. So in, in particular, is one said dust collection systems are required to be designed in conformance with good engineering practices. In other words, explosion venting must be in conformance with good engineering practice, such as those 
detailed in FP68 explosion protection by deflagration venting. So when it comes kind of down to it, as a designer, if you see these sort of clauses, then you better make sure that you're using good engineering practices. Otherwise, you have some liability issues coming down the tracks if something goes wrong. So we're putting your hands up saying, well, I used the 2013 version of a code, and we're going to talk about this in a second, when the 2018 version says something different, can cause some challenges in terms of defending whether or not that is good engineering practice of the day. And even using the local code, when you know that good engineering practice suggests otherwise, because local code is out of date, can also cause some challenges. Challenge number two is that the rule of thumb method for venting requirements is generally not that accurate. And the, the specific verbiage used by the, the SAME was that the rule of thumb method, the rule of thumb ratio method of vent sizing is archaic, high, highly generalized, and honestly could be highly in inadequate. Doesn't take into account KST, Pmax, Pred, or L over D, uh, for example, and could have highly different vending requirements depending on these parameters. So the SME source sent through a screenshot of using some sort of off-the-shelf software. Um, or internal company software for doing an example calculation. So for one cubic meter volume, with a P-RED of 0.2 bar and L over D of less than two, so basically a square, or something that's you know not doesn't have a high L over D ratio, a KST of 150 bar meter per second gives exactly 0.1 meter squared event area. But what if those variables change? So what if you know you have a, a P-RED that's different or an L over D that's greater than two or a KST that's 300, 450 or um, whatever it's going to be under these conditions, then you're going to have undersized venting requirements, which can be dangerous when explosion happens. If it's undersized, that pressure is going to relieve somewhere, somehow. So it might knock down the wall that that vent's sitting on. It might blow a corner off the collector. It might blow off an access door. If the venting requirement is too small to contain that explosion, then you're not going to safely vent that explosion in a direction that's adequate and proper and away from personnel and away from areas that could damage the building or, or you know cause injury and that sort of thing. So that's the sort of challenge around rule of thumb method being archaic for venting requirements. It's just not that accurate. There are method, better methods that are available today. And challenge number three that the SEME mentions is that using out-of-date version of the reference standard can cause challenges as well. And he says that due diligence and good engineering practice would apply would be to apply the sizing methodology of the most current version of NFPA 68. So we question, why are we comparing back to NFPA 68, the 2013 version, here in 2021 or 2020 when this question came through? Actually, it was 2021. Uh, he noted specifically in the 2018 version of NFPA 68 that there are some new requirements. The volume occupied by the filters as, has to be included as part of the full dirty side volume. L over D has to be included irrespective of where the vent is placed. There's a 25% vent area correction for vents that are located entirely beside flexible filters in case those filters flex and, and move and close off some of the vent area. And the expert goes on to say that while he doesn't necessarily agree with all of these requirements in 2018 publication, unless full-scale representative test data can demonstrate otherwise, it must follow what is published. So again, this kind of ties back into using the most being in conformance with good engineering design practices generally means using the most up-to-date versions of the standards because those requirements matter. <laughs> you know, the reason they get put in the standard is that they are found to cause issues. So for instance, this flexible filter blocking the vents, you may have seen some presentations that I've given or other give, others have given at a dust safety conference where you see an explosion where the, the bags have been pushed directly out of the 
the vent or even the, the side, usually what will happen is the side wall of that um, dust collector will blow off and the, the bags will shoot out. That's because the bags were blocking the vent area and didn't allow that uh, explosion event. So that's why those sort of things like those corrections are put in there. And if you're using an out-of-date standard doesn't have those, you can end up with uh, you know pretty serious issues when and if an explosion occurs. So that's it. This is a bit of a quicker episode talking through the challenges of using the rule of thumb method for venting requirements. We talked about this help desk question coming in about a discrepancy between local codes and NFPA requirements. We talked about three things. Local codes always lag behind the reference behind the reference code. And generally there's going to be something in there about needing to use good engineering practice. The really forward-thinking ones will say that you can use NFPA 68, but it has to be the most recent version at the time of design being done or the time the building's being built or whatever it is. But otherwise, you can kind of look through and see, okay, well, how did, in which ways does it reference the reference codes? If it does reference best engineering design practice, then you really got to think about if you're using the best design practice that's known at the time. We talk about challenges using the rule of thumb method. Uh, an example calculation for one cubic meter volume with a P-red of 0.2 bar, an L over D, it's less than two, and a KST of 150 bar meter per second, did give exactly the rule of thumb method, 0.1 square meter event area, but what if the variables change? What if your dust is a higher KST or yellow over D is larger? Then that um, rule of thumb method can undersize and underpredict the amount of venting area required. We talked about using an outdated version of the standard as being a challenge as well. Something that's really not defensible in terms of using best engineering practice when there's better practice that's available out there. So again, these are going to be shorter episodes we do occasionally in 2022, talking through some of these help desk questions. The idea, the thought is that if somebody's asking this question, other people are probably having the same challenge. Um, so if you're listening to this or you know somebody that's having this sort of challenge with their explosion protection design, with their dust collection system, send it through to them. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me at chris at dustsafetyscience.com. We can put you through to the SME that we talked to to answer this question um, and, and get them to provide some more input as well. If you want to submit a question, you can go to Dust Safety Academy and submit it there. You can go to Dust Safety Share. Or again, you just email me at chris at dustsafetyscience.com and I'll put it into our internal system for handling these help desk questions. We've had over 200 of these, I think, in, in the, the years since we started, in the years since we started collecting them. Um, so we have a lot of backlog to get through to, to document and answer these in a, in a really robust and reliable way, but we're working through it together. So as always, I want to say thank you for listening to the Dust Safety Science Podcast. Hope you have a safe and productive week ahead and I appreciate everything you're doing. The industry's handling combustible dust, making it safer with the work that you do every day. Keep it up out there. Thank you.